walls filled with filters and facades, the real life with Lacey is your sanctuary of authenticity. Join me as we unravel true stories that resonate with the human experience. And remember, our ultimate goal is to touch the heart of at least one viewer in every episode. This is where the power of real life takes center stage and the impact is real. Welcome to a journey of inspiration and connection. All right, welcome back to the Real Life with Lacey podcast. Today we have my good friend Jen. Hi, everybody. All right, so I'd like to do a little background of how I know the guest if I do know them for a long period of time. And with you, fuck, I've known you since we were in kindergarten, preschool. Yeah, yeah, about then. So like fifteen years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as we're 27. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but anyways, yeah, we grew up together and our brothers, our older brothers were friends. They were four years older than us. I think that's initially what like sparked our friendship is the fact that our brothers hung out on the bus. And so it was just natural for us to become friends too. Our bus trip was like five hours a week. <sighs> Yeah, but we had the most fun ever. I mean, from kindergarten on. I mean, yeah. every day we sat together. We had so much fun. We talked shit about everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and that nothing changed through junior high and high school. No. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's just a great foundation that we had for a very, very long time. Um, there are a few things I want to talk about, which um, we know a lot about each other. And <laughs> the, the best thing that I get, like, I really want to touch because it's so difficult for people to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people in my life right now that just can't stop, and it's literally killing them. You know, um, you did stop. I did. Um, how long have you been sober? Uh, almost nine and a half years now. Wow! And without a drop. Without a drop of alcohol. And you were a drinker. <laughs> oh boy, was I! I come from a long line of alcoholics, and I've. Unfortunately, I fell into it, and I was an alcoholic. I was a big-time drinker. Yeah. All right, so when did you start drinking? Oh, um, I mean, by the time I was 11 or 12, I was, you know, it was pretty, it was acceptable in my house. It, was, it wasn't a secret um, to drink in front of our parents, and we just took their beer and drank, and they were inebriated most of the time, so they didn't pay attention or notice or care. Mm-hmm. Okay, so nine or ten, you were having some drinks. Yeah, definitely. Were you getting drunk? Um, I probably wasn't getting drunk until I was like twelve years old. But oh, then, yeah, okay, but that's still young. It yeah. is. I guess it is still young. When I see twelve-year-olds today, you know, it's hard to imagine them doing any of the things that I was doing at twelve years old. But I, I don't know you. I felt so old and so mature at that age and mm-hmm. had been through so much already. So it was natural. It was. What do you mean that you had been through so much already at that age? Um, well, growing up in a drug addict and alcoholic and abusive household, um, it's very traumatic. And so picking up some type of substance is it's pretty natural. Just to numb it. Just to numb the pain. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately why I became an alcoholic was all of the traumas that I had suffered. I, I, I didn't know. I never learned any healthy coping mechanisms um, to deal with those traumas and emotions and things that I was um, struggling with or feeling. So alcohol made me fun. It made me not care. It made me not feel. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were fun. 
I mean, you still work. I mean, what's I mean, I'm not as fun. Let's be real. You no. don't catch me on a bar top anymore. <laughs> or, you know, driving my car 10 million miles an hour through. We're going to get to that story. Yes, absolutely. That's one of my favorite stories. Oh, it's so terrible, but it's so good. I don't know. It's a bad, good thing. Um, but, no, you were so fun drinking, but... You are actually really fun sober, which is shocking. Like, (laughs) not like shocking, but a lot of times people just kind of dud out when they're sober. Um, But you're you're phenomenal even sober, which is great. But um, okay, yeah, let's back up to some stories. Story time. Oh boy, we were nineteen. I know we were nineteen because I go off of Desiree's age. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And she was about a year old Mm -hmm. when I got that phone call from you in jail. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And. Please tell that. Were we really 19? Yeah, she was She was one, maybe one and a half, and I had her 18. That's true. I want to say, yeah, I had to have been 20. I want to say 20 because it's been, because that wasn't my first sobriety. You know, this is my second sobriety stint. But okay, well, what was your first one? Was after that, and I went five years sober. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. 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 So we'll, okay. we'll we'll go through all that. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah. That. Uh, okay. So please do tell. Okay. So yeah, that crazy story. Um, I had gotten a phone call from my brother, you know Eric, um, that and he's he, four years older than you, five years, five okay. years older, mm-hmm. and uh, he has been in and out of prison his whole life because, of course, both of my older brothers have also struggled with addiction and problems with the law as well and that's around the family <laughs> weird <laughs> um so he had been in prison for close to a year at that point and i had gotten a phone call that he had been involved in a race riot and was stabbed four times and he was in um he was in the medical ward and i he he was okay he was gonna you know be fine he was just re- he was recovering but he wanted to let me know what had happened and of course, I like freaked out. I started having all these issues with like the fact that I can't be there for my brother and be there to protect him. And I don't know, you know what it's like with your loved one, your family, like when you hear that they get hurt, like you freak out. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately, what is my reaction? I got to get drunk. I've got to numb this pain. And uh, I proceeded to get wildly drunk god i used to remember what it was i had to drink but i can't i mean copious amounts of alcohol i probably went through like a fifth of hennessy called a girlfriend to come and take me out to the bar because you know like let's go out let's get trashed um i had about four or five drinks at the bar and she drops me off at home completely inebriated i don't remember any of this oh so she says the last thing she remembers or the last thing that she knows, she's like, you, you were stumbling up to your front door. So I felt safe driving off. Well, apparently I did stumble into the front door and go and I get my car keys. Oh my gosh. And I go out and I get in my car and I guess what was going through my mind was I'm going to break my brother out of prison. Yeah. Which I don't like. I, I always wonder, what was your plan when you, like, you know? You know, I, you know, you're so trashed, and we all have that liquid courage, and I think I was thinking, like, I'm just going to drive my car through the pr- front of the prison, just like in a movie, and of course I'm going to pull right into the medical ward and be like, get in! And, like, you know, like, go in Dukes of Hazard yeah. style, and, like, just, like, swoop my brother up and be out of there, and we're going to drive off into the sunset. But it didn't happen that way. No. <laughs> 
weird, so, you know, because yeah. it all it all seemed like it was going to go just yeah. fine in my head. Yeah. So you hit the fence? You rammed into the fence? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I rammed into the fence of, at the front of the prison. There was the gates, you know, whatever, because let's, let's keep in mind now, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I hit the gates, which, of course, there's all kinds of security and police right there on prison grounds. So they come at me. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I'm out of here. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> reverse. Yeah, I threw that sucker in reverse. Uh-huh. And I took off. And we went on an hour and a half high-speed chase. From what I remember, you were going the opposite way in the on the freeway. I did. I was yeah. doing I was doing like a buck ten in the opposite direction oh, on the freeway. Thank God. God. At this point, it was like 2.30 in the morning, so there was very light traffic. Could you imagine? Seriously. No. I, I, I could have easily, easily killed someone. Oh, yeah, and yourself. And yeah, myself. for sure. And then how did they stop you? Um, I ended up T-boning a CHP officer, which um, annihilated his car, annihilated my car. So it, it, it rendered me, my car immobile. So then they, I'm sitting there on the freeway. We're all spun out, you know, and cars in pieces. And I'm looking for a cigarette to light. And I've got like 17 officers on me. There's a helicopter up in the sky. Oh my God. You know, with the light shining down. And I'm like, I'm like, my purse had gone everywhere in the hit, right? So I'm like, I'm looking everywhere for my, my cigarettes is what I'm assuming because they tell me in the police report, I'm digging down like on the floorboard. So they thought I was looking for a weapon. Oh yeah. So they batoned my window in and put two canine units in the car on me. Let's <laughs> keep in mind now, if we rewind backwards, I'm 20 years old, probably like a buck 15 soaking yeah. wet. And two dogs came in. Oh, they chewed me to pieces. Really? Yeah. Well, they like were on your arms? Or? On my arms, my face, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm so drunk. <laughs> yeah, this is the, oh no, they're mad at me. I better be friendly, you know? So I'm over here kissing at a dog and it like, burn, because girl, when I woke up in jail and saw my face, I was like, and now keep in mind, when I woke up in jail, I still had no idea what had happened. Oh, my God. And so they they told you, or you just read it? Or, yeah. So, and then yeah. court? I'm sure you went to court. Oh, my God. And I'm, you know, I had a great job. I've always been a functioning, I had always been a functioning alcoholic. I had a good job. You know, I dressed cute as a girl. I like to get my nails done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I was, but I, but I was an alcoholic. And finally, it had caught up with me, you know, and, um, yeah, when I woke up in jail, I was in the hole, you know, so first of all, I'm like, what, what am I wearing? What am I doing? Why am I in so much pain? I have stitches. I had been to the hospital. They had stitched me up from the dog bites. And you don't remember anything? I didn't remember a a Did they have your blood alcohol level? They did. I want to say it was a .27, which is ridiculous. They said that there, I shouldn't have been... I shouldn't have been um, able to even aw- drive awake. Yeah, I should have been like passed out, drunk, and so that's actually one thing that helped me because I was facing so many charges. Oh, I bet um, it 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 worked in my favor favor that I was so inebriated. Um, it was basically like a temporary insanity, mm-hmm. is what my lawyer had argued. So, how long were you in jail? I served four months. Oh wow! Yeah, which jail? Uh, 
uh, San Joaquin County in Stockton, oh. San Joaquin County Jail in Stockton, yeah. How was that jail time? Oh, my God. It was awful because um, 73 days of it was in the hole. Where you, what? Yeah. I, I by had, yourself? Yes, by myself. For 24 hours a day, I got out like twice a week to take a shower. And then I was, because I had injured a police officer. Oh, did you injure one? Yeah. Did he, when you T-boned him? When I T-boned him, he was injured. And oh, so shit. They, yeah. And I'm, you know, and the fact that I'm explaining, like, I'm, I'm a nice girl. I'm a good girl. They didn't give a shit. Like, no. I hit an officer with my car, and that's assault with a deadly weapon on a peace officer. Mm. And so they treated me like I was a murderer and a rapist, you know? Oh, and I bet. Because it's one of their own. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I understand it Yeah. now, looking yeah. back. But at the time, you know, I'm trying to explain, like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And oh. They didn't give a shit. So it was torture. And, I mean, the cops, they treated me like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, understandably so. I mean, I... I, I could have killed him. I yeah. could have killed myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. so you were in the hole for, for how long? 73 days in the hole. Okay. And then like another month and a half in general population, which was disgusting. You like put me back in the hole. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. Because, um, I mean, I was in there with cr- like heroin addict crackheads. And I remember people telling me like, you have such nice teeth. And I'm like, well, you don't have any. So, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'd return the compliment but i can't yeah um i just in stockton yeah you know what i mean did you get any fights i did not no not a single fight yeah i was quiet i was scared yeah i was terrified um so i stayed quiet i i did well whatever the officers asked me because in my mind i was i did whatever my attorney said you know because i was facing prison time and um luckily i got off with a um i served the four months they had sentenced me to a year Um, but if I was to go into a treatment program, you know, I'd have to go on a waiting list to get into a live-in treatment program. They would suspend that sentence and give me time served for whenever I would get into that treatment program. It took the four months. Um, and then I got a two year joint suspension, which meant if I violated my probation at any time within five years, because I was put on five years felony probation, that I would have to go back and serve that two years in prison. Oh, so you wanted to... Hence my five-year sobriety uh-huh. after that. So did you end up going into a live-in? I did. Okay. I, went, I served the four months in county jail in Stockton, um, and then I went into a 30-day live-in treatment program. Okay. So while you were, because you were a functioning alcoholic, mm-hmm. were you coming off of alcohol while you were in jail? Yes. Yeah. What was your, de- it's like a detox sort of situation? It was. Like shakes, or I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Shakes, yeah. sweats. Um, I, uh, I bet you were fiending for it too, right? It was painful. It felt like an, an entire body flew, uh, probably for like at least a week. Mm-hmm. And my mind is what was crazy, is that my mind was playing such tricks on me. I thought... Really? I, oh, girl. I, what was it doing? I thought that I had died and that I was in hell. Oh. I I couldn't I couldn't decipher if I was living in reality or not. Like this is not real. This cannot be real. Mm-hmm. Um because the trauma I guess of what had happened, the fact that I couldn't remember it, waking up in jail, in the hole, being treated the way I was being treated, and then feeling the way I was feeling because I was detoxing from mm-hmm. alcohol because I was such a heavy drinker. I was a morning to night drinker daily. Mm -hmm. Um, I would drink at work. I would drink first thing in the morning. I was reaching for what was on the, the nightstand next to me that I was left over from the night before. It was, Oh, (laughs) 
Oh my God. So, I mean, that's when it's like, all right, well, maybe everything happens for a reason, even though it was so terrible what happened and thank God you didn't die or kill anybody. All right. So now you have a chance to be sober. Correct. Yeah. And then you went to the 30 days. I went to the 30 days. And yeah. so in your head, were you like, fuck yeah, I'm sober or yes. were you just playing the game and then like, okay, I'm just going to do this for a little bit then go back? No, God, no. Um, that was, I mean, I lost my job. Oh, because I, you were gone for that. Because month. yeah, and I had I called. You weren't the only phone call I had to make while mm-hmm. I was in there. You know, like I was scared. And, and and knowing you for so long, you only have so many phone numbers that you've, uh, uh, you Remember, know, yeah. yeah, exactly, a, a landline back then. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> and so you were you were ingrained in my memory. And so I mean, I think it was you, my parents, um, and my and my boss mm-hmm. really are the phone calls that I made in there. I mean, outside of my attorney. Um, yeah, you asked me for a letter Yeah, for the judge, yeah. which I did. I wish I could see what that letter, do you have it still? I might, I might, yeah. I might still. <laughs> but I'm like, it, yeah. take my word. I am a 19 year old single mom. <laughs> this is a good lady. You were probably drunk when you were writing it <laughs> or stoned or something. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, yeah, wait, I don't kids. think this judge is going to listen to me, but I'll do it anyway. No, it helped. And I appreciate it. Yeah. That's um, great. All right. So then the 30 day. Yep. I did. This. So no. So I was scared. Um, I mean, the, the fact that I was facing, they were trying to hit me with like six felonies, nine years in prison. Mm -hmm. I'd lost my job. I lost my car. I lost my license. I mean, all of this stuff is like heavily weighing on me. And here I am just this young girl. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not drinking ever again in my life. So I did the 30 and then being in treatment was worse than being in jail. Really? I was the only person that was in there for alcoholism because again, this was in Stockton. Oh yeah. So they're on heavy drugs. Mm-hmm. Most of these people trying to get off of heavy drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that was, I mean, it, and it's eye opening too. I'm like, I don't ever want to be in this type of situation again. I don't mm-hmm. ever want to put myself in this type of situation again. So yeah. Um, I went to AA after I got out of the, tr- so what was crazy was that um, the day I get out of treatment, I'm moving back in with my parents now at oh, this point. Oh, no. Um, Are my, they still drinking? Well, my dad, yes. Oh, of course. My dad, cra- the day he picks me up from treatment, we're sitting out in the backyard smoking cigarettes, because I smoked cigarettes back then. Um, he cracks a beer open, and I'm thinking it's for him, and he slides it over to me. And I'm like, after I've just been through all of this traumatic stuff, it's been five months now since it's happened. Wow. And he slides a beer over to me, and I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, no, I'm sober. And he's like, oh, honey, you're you're fine. You're not an alcoholic. You're okay. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, mm-hmm. the realization, like, the heaviness of that. And I was just, like, the, I was so disappointed in my dad and so angry with him for that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but for him, he probably felt like, hey, Forget about it. Numb it. Yeah. Like I do, you know. Misery loves company, right? Oh, 100%. And that was something that was really tough for my parents. And it it kind of affected our relationship. It, not kind of. It did. It affected mm. our relationship. The fact that I got sober. And um, they felt as if I thought that I was better than them uh, or the family yes. or too good or, you know what I mean? And that's just their guilty conscience probably sneaking up on them, you know, yeah. knowing that they should probably quit too, but not wanting to. Exactly. Yeah. And now I'm doing it and they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, nobody wants to have that mirror put in their face. Mm-hmm. So you did good for a few years for five years. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on the anniversary of my five years, I decided to get trashed. What was the reason? 
Did you think you could handle it? Yes. Mm. And I think, I want to say, again, we, it was, it was after I met Justin. It was when I met Justin, because you know, I mean, you and I spent a lot of time together, Mm -hmm. too, during that five years of sobriety. Yeah. Because you were, you were even shocked, like, holy shit. Yeah. And then, Miss Lacey over here introduces me to Mr. Wonderful. (laughs) This guy is known to be a really good matchmaker. Okay, yeah, well, I was at your wedding. You were at my wedding. <laughs> well, you damn well better be after arranging that. I was trashed at my wedding. You were oh, boy, we, maybe we could talk about that story. What was it, Runaway Bride? <laughs> Remember I disappeared? Yes, but oh, I just spit. Hold on, hold on, but let's back up just a little bit. Okay. Because, okay, because you started drinking. I started drinking when I met Justin. Yes. Okay, but when was Halloween at Bee Gees? That, it, that, that was, because <laughs> <laughs> that were- was after. Obviously, that was after. So I went that five years sober, and I met Justin, so I started dating. We started dating. He partied a lot. He was up performing at your bar every night. Yes, he was a bass player. every weekend, yeah. Was a bass player? He was a bass player, yeah, in -hmm. in a band. Mm -hmm. And they were were always performing, so they were always at these venues where there's drinking. Yeah. And so I got to the point where I'm like, I'm older. If I can have five years of sobriety... Mm-hmm. which I had done successfully and gotten, you know, I, again, I was supporting myself. I was in a, a nice apartment, had a nice car again, had a great job again. I felt boring as fuck. Now yeah. I meet this guy and I'm thinking, okay, I've got this. If I can go five years sober, then maybe I'm not truly an alcoholic and yeah. I can control it. Yeah. And so I started drinking again. And within that time frame came Halloween. Yeah. Okay. That was just off the road. Well, because you were dressed as Pocahontas. Yeah, I was dressed as Pocahontas. <laughs> Remember that? Why are you going to bring this? Because <laughs> I was working, and there, it was packed. It was a Halloween party. You know, everyone's dressed up, and you were drinking, um, and there was a fight outside, and I had to call cops. Cops came, and so I'm outside talking to the cop about, you know, what just happened, and you come out, and, and you're a little better. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much, and you're like arrest me to the cop and i was like damn this is some sexual game like she's playing that fucking no and you're like arrest me and then he's like excuse me and you're like arrest me and then uh, i was like don't mind her she's been drinking and then i tried to keep talking to him about the situation i feel like i was really tired is what it was at that point because wasn't it the end of the night Yes, I was tired. You could have taken a nap. I could have. Like, in my car or or downstairs. I don't know. Whatever the case is, you kept at him, and he said, you need to stop. Like, if you keep this up, I'm going to have to arrest you for um, public, you know, intoxication. Yeah, and you're like, fucking arrest me. And he's like, he looked at me, I'm like, fuck. Just take her. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to have to take you in. I'm like, Jen, just, I tried to talk you off the ledge, and you're like, it's fine. I'm fine. All the way into the cop car, wasn't I telling you, like, all handcuffed, like, it's I'll call you in the morning. Yes. The whole time, I was just like, <laughs> she's getting arrested. And so, you're gone. You're like. <laughs> I have a problem. I had a problem. Yes. And then he takes you in and you're arrested. And the next day, I get a phone call. Um, she's sober. If you want to come pick her up. I'm like, all right. I'm on my way. I go to pick you up. And you're in the corner of, like, the main street. You walked from the jail to the main road in your Pocahontas outfit. And you're over there dancing. That's me. You're so I'm pretty sure they gave me breakfast, so I was happy oh and like coffee. God. Yeah, and that might have been what was going on in my mind, like continental breakfast. 
like a concrete slab cot. You know, I that so would have cooked you breakfast if you just went home with me, <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, so that's like some of the little stories of when you were drinking. You were fun. You were never one of those people that were like wanting to fight people. Well, that around me anyways. I mean, well, there was that one time in the bathroom <laughs> at BG's. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I was always a happy go. And I mean, that's why I, I I liked to drink or I chose to drink was because I was I was depressed yeah. and angry and hurt and but and when I drank, it all went away and I was happy and mm-hmm. everything was fun and easy. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I just wanted to have a good time yeah. and just be yeah, I don't and know, you know, and get arrested. Yeah, but a lot of people do that. I mean, I mean, I see it every day. People want to drink to feel good. Yeah. You know, but I mean, what's the, like, when do you know it's too much? When do you know that you're a straight alcoholic? Um, like, I don't know. You know, that. unfortunately it took me until, because again, after, you know, okay, so obviously that big deal that happened where I T-boned a, a CHP, that was my second DUI. My first DUI was, uh, I think I was 18 years old and, uh, it was not, it, it was literally like I made an illegal U-turn. I had too much to drink, made an illegal U-turn. It was kind of a boring story, but still, unfortunately, I had, gotten a age, D- yeah. Yeah, I had gotten a DUI. Yeah, I think my girlfriend that I was with was of age, and she had gotten uh, like a, what is it called? Con- uh, contribution to, to a minor. To a minor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. So um, it was kind of a boring, I mean, nothing as dramatic as the second one. Yeah. But then four months, after I went five years sober, and thought, okay, maybe I'm not truly an alcoholic. And this entire time, my, my family's trying to, you know, persuade me that I'm not, you know. So, and I start drinking. Within four months of all of that happening, and I mean, I'm getting arrested again. I got my third DUI. Oh. And again, I was with Justin at that point, And, um... Uh, we both got inebriated. We're up in Reading at a show and I'm driving erratically down the freeway at two in the morning and get pulled over and end up back in jail now in Reading. And I end up serving four months up there because your third, it's, your third mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a felony offense automatically. And thank God it wasn't within the first two years because now remember I would have gotten or the first, it was just outside of that five years because if it would have been within that five years, I would have served automatically two years in prison. You'd gone back to that first, what they were trying to get you for? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then um, and then you got married after that or before that? We got married after that. Okay. So we had just been dating at that time. Mm-hmm. And now... And you um, kept drinking then? I did. So I spent the night in jail in Reading and I, and then I had to return. Okay. So I didn't serve the four months right away. I was having to return to court in order to be sentenced or whatever. Mm -hmm. They let me out on OR own recognizance or whatever. And, um, during that time I still continued to drink. And I, I want to say it took like eight months until they actually sentenced me. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when they sentenced me to, they gave me a year, but I only ended up serving like four months of that. Okay. Up in Reading. And how was that jail time? It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. I didn't get any visitors because I was so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very lonely. And that's when it dawned on me, like, uh, no, I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now I'm facing, you know, again, I've lost my job. I've lost my car. I've lost my license. I've lost everything. 
And um, I think Justin and I start going through a divorce at this point now. Oh, so you got married before yeah, you... Yeah, now, let me think about so, this. So, yeah, like, between a DUI mm-hmm. and then the sentencing. Before I got sentenced, mm-hmm. we had gotten married, because I was still trashed when we got married. I know. Like, what happened with... Something happened with me and you at your wedding dinner at Alpabee's. We didn't have a... What do you mean? Like, you took off. I did. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Like I tried finding you or something, and you got mad be, being fat. I don't know. There was something you were mad. You were mad that night. Did a drink get spilled? Was it your drink that got spilled? I, a drink got spilled. Yes, I think you threw a drink at me. Did I throw a drink at you? I'm pretty Did sure. Did you try to take a drink away from me? That might have happened. I'm really not sure because I was intoxicated too. I'll have to ask Mikey. Mikey was my date. I'll have to ask oh, him. Oh God. <laughs> um. But yeah. So there was that whole mess. Why'd you leave? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. And then you guys ended up getting a divorce? We ended up getting a divorce. Let me think about this timeline because, yeah, I got... Did we get married before I get that, got that DUI? No, I don't think that we were married at that time. Is that the only time you've been married? Yeah. How is he? Do you know? I don't. I wonder where he is. Since we've divorced, I have not heard or anything, so it's been over 10 years wow. for that and I got sober slightly after that when I got out because I want to say when I got out and was facing um we were in the middle of a divorce filing for a divorce because we were only married for a year mm-hmm. god th- yes the timeline yeah we must have gotten married right away after that DUI had happened okay and then um so when you were getting out from that four month sentencing is yep. when you said I'm done drinking yeah, but I wasn't. Oh. I continued to drink. Um, I was at an all-time low there. I was even lower there, surprisingly enough, than prior to um, the first one. Well, alcohol is such a depressant, which oh, people don't understand. God. They can't wrap. Because you, you feel so high when you're drinking that it's a depressant, though. That yeah. It's, it, it's, yeah, it's sad. It, 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 it ruined my life. I mean, it, and, and I continue, and I knew it ruined my life. It, it took away my freedom, mm-hmm. my license, j- multiple jobs now, hundreds of, not hundreds of thousands, probably a, over $100,000 in restitutions and mm-hmm. fines and lost wages in, in uh, cars that I had to pay for. And, yes. and I'm having to pay, yeah. make payments every month, the thousands of dollars. Uh, DUI classes, the time that it takes. And I mean, it, it, I was at an all-time low, and I was riding a bike to get around Mm -hmm. and it was embarrassing I mean I lost so many friendships I just I and I was and I was and continuing to drink now when I got out of jail I was living I was renting a room in a girlfriend's house at this point continuing to drink away my my -hmm. feelings and then I met somebody and uh, we started dating that was Oleg the Russian gentleman Mm -hmm. that I was with for four and a half years and he did not drink oh that helps yeah. He was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. And um, we started dating, and I don't know what he saw in me, um, but he, I mean, we weren't even seriously dating. We'd gone out a couple of times, and I started to develop feelings for him, and I told him that. And he said, well, to be honest with you, I would never be in a relationship with somebody that drank. Oh. Or smoked cigarettes. Mm. And I did both of those things. And at that time, I made a decision Wow. Either I can say screw you to this guy or I can give up these terrible habits. 
which you've been needing to quit, just haven't had the opportunity, like the willpower. The desire, yeah. yeah, or a reason. And I don't want to say like he was my reason, but he, I don't know, he was like an angel sent from God, swear to God, and he's still a friend to this day. Um, Where's he live? Uh, he lives in Pennsylvania. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And so ultimately that's, you know, what... That's what he always wanted. He want, he's a mechanical engineer. He runs. He owns and runs his own engineering firm. Oh, nice! And uh, that's what he always wanted. It was a goal from the first day I met him, and he's accomplished that goal. And I and I have like the the most admiration for this mm-hmm. guy. And so, I mean, he he. Well, why'd you guys break up? <laughs> <laughs> well, he 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 wanted to. He wanted me to move to the East Coast with oh. him. He wanted to start a family over there, and I was terrified. And I felt like I was too young at that point mm-hmm. and wasn't ready, and I let him go. Mm-hmm. Does he have a family now? He doesn't have any children. He's he's in a relationship. He's been in a long-term relationship for probably like four or five years now. Mm-hmm. He's very happy. Um, I don't know why they haven't had children. He hasn't even asked her to marry him. Hmm. Maybe because he's waiting for me to come back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's probably it. But, um, I mean, I every year um, in July, which is like my sobriety month, mm-hmm. um, I reach out to him and thank him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's the reason that I got sober and supported me. And he's ultimately the reason that I, I got into a healthy lifestyle working out. Oh, yeah. Because, okay, was he around when you did the that competition? No. He was not around when I started doing bodybuilding. Yes. However, when I started doing CrossFit. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, I've been doing CrossFit for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I replaced the, you know, when you have an addictive personality. Yes. I replaced my drinking. When I decided to give up drinking and smoking, I gave up meat at the same time. Oh, still? Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's been like 10 years for the meat, but like nine and a half for cigarettes and um, okay. drinking. Yeah. Okay. So then that, but hey, you replaced it with such a, a great addiction. Yeah. I mean, a healthy addiction. Yeah. Which, before we move on to that, did you have any health um, issues from the drinking? No. Detoxing was tough. Uh-huh. I mean, because, again, now this is my second time around, and I'm detoxing, um, or, like, my third time around, detoxing. Mm-hmm. I just, it, again, you have to go through that, and this one was probably the worst. Uh. Um, just full body sickness, and this one probably lasted a long time, like a month, mm-hmm. maybe even longer than that. What? I lost hair. Hair was just coming out in globs. My That's crazy. I mean, it's straight poison. I mean, believe me, I drink alcohol too, so I mean, I'm not talking totally ill on alcohol. I get it, but it is poison. <laughs> You're able to control yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've known you for 150 uh-huh. years. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 50 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You control yourself. You, yeah. I've seen you have a couple drinks, you have fun, and then you're able to turn it off and say, okay, that's enough. Exactly. And you know what? Honestly, I think it's because in the bar business that I've been, I mean, I see people not handle their shit. It's so unattractive. It's so unappealing. And it's like, it's like you're that weak that, like, I feel like it's a weakness. You don't have enough 100%. strength to know that maybe I shouldn't have another shot. Maybe I shouldn't have another drink. And so for me, I think it's because I've seen it for so long that I'm just like, I don't want to be sloppy, nasty, right. fucking disgusting like that. And I wish more people, I wish more, I mean, I have some really close friends that, um, that are just killing themselves straight up fucking knowing they're killing themselves and won't stop drinking yeah excessively not just one or two excessively and it just gets to that point it's just like what can you do to help them 
they got to want to help themselves. Yep. And, and I mean, and I have, I'm one of those, and I'm like hardcore about it. Like I don't have any type of patience for people that are like, oh, it's so hard to stop because I've been there. Mm-hmm. And it is hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's super fucking hard. But you know what? It's possible. Yeah. You just have to want it. And I can't tell you how my life has done nothing but skyrocket since actually getting sober and being serious about it, you know, for over nine years, I mean, I I would never imagine being where I, growing up from, you know, coming from the type of background that I come from, and here I am with the job that I have, making the money I have, just bought my own house, bought my own car, everything I buy is bought by me, paid for by me, you know, like, I would have never in a million years imagined being able to live the type of lifestyle that I live now. Well, if you were still drinking, you couldn't. Nope, nope. I would be dead or in prison. Yeah, and you lose so much motivation. Oh, my God. And not just from alcohol. I see this with drugs as well. Like, it just, these people that have so much potential, it's just blown away because they just want to feel a high or get drunk. And, and, you know, it's just, it's really sad because they're just hurting themselves and the people that love them, too. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's... But, yeah, you definitely did decide to go down the route of health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And when you did that fucking bodybuilding, I need to get a photo from you and oh, put it at the end of this podcast because you did a whole transformation. Yeah. Like, what the fuck did you do? Okay, because you were crossfitting. Mm-hmm. Then you started lifting some major fucking yeah. weights, right? Yeah. And eating. Like, what was your whole regimen? Well, so, okay, um, I was vegan up until the point that I started bodybuilding. And in order to get, like, to gain that muscle mass, you know, and I was doing CrossFit, and I was fine on a, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't chasing an aesthetic doing CrossFit. I was chasing health and, you know, trying to lift heavy. And I don't, you don't have to eat any certain type of way. So I was totally fine doing CrossFit and eating vegan. However, when I wanted to do bodybuilding and actually compete, you know, where you have to put on like certain muscle mass and lean down. So you got to be able to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. You have to eat a certain way. So I actually took on eating eggs and tuna, which made me, I don't know what you want to say, pescatarian, Uh vegetarian, pescatarian. I don't know for those nitpicky people. And and you're doing protein shakes, like protein shakes, like crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Pea protein (laughs) shakes. I actually ate more while I was doing bodybuilding than I did like just normal, like you, you have to eat a ton to sustain because you're working out a lot. I was working out for like two to three hours a day, six to seven days a week. And holy fuck. Did you have a personal trainer that was helping you do this? Okay. I did. Yeah. I mean, so what was your, uh, muscle or fat that when I actually stepped on stage, I mean, yeah. I walk around like probably right now, you know, um, I carry a lot of extra fat on my body. I'm probably at like 25% fat. I, I would walk around prior to that at probably like 17 to 20% fat. When I stepped on stage, I was at 13% fat, body fat, mm-hmm. which is, you know, women carry more fat. You know, men will typically step on stage and be like 4 to 7% body Holy fat. Shit, yeah. But girls, we have ass and yeah did, so but you looked amazing you know. thank you how, how many months and what age were you uh i was 37 which when i com- okay when i compete um 37 38 um in a two-year span uh oh you you did it for two years yeah well Ooh. well like a year and a half i actually trained because it went straight into covid and then everything kind of shut down and i shut down during the pandemic um so i i, I train you train for yeah, it's hardcore. Uh, 
two to three hours a day, six to seven days a week. And uh, for how many months? Before you go on stage, it's a hardcore like three to four months. Okay. Yeah, dedicated. And with diet and everything, the rest of the year can be relaxed on your diet and relaxed on your training. But yeah, you dial in for three to four months prior to a show. And can you eat bread? Like <laughs> you can. <laughs> like what um, is your normal? Yeah. So, I mean, you can. Yeah. But you you watch your macros, or I watch my macros. Um, some people count calories. I I didn't. I just you know you got to get a significant amount of protein. You try to watch like how many. Um, what uh ounces of protein you're getting and fat and carbs you know you eat protein fat mm-hmm. and carbs and you want to get a high amount of protein and a lower amount of carbs in order to build that muscle and lose that fat so mm. um yeah i i was eating a shit ton of eggs yeah um oatmeal um greek yogurt mm-hmm. uh, protein shakes yeah lots, lots of <laughs> eight of those shakes. a day yeah <laughs> And what were you lifting? Like, what were you squatting? Do you remember your weights? Oh, I mean, I yeah. Because you had some fucking muscles. Well, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't, let's see, like, if, if I was to say, like, you know, one rep maxes, it's not, it's not really that impressive, but, I mean, like, I can squat 200, you know, but that's, like, for a one rep max, when I'm busting out, like, sets of, like, eight to, to 12 reps, I was doing, you know over body weight um I was doing like 150 160 pounds for mm-hmm. sets and reps but um then that you know that's where I I, I loved that yeah I and like your arms strong. and everything I mean because you have to work every fucking muscle, muscle. <laughs> yeah so you're squatting you're benching I, I mean, was benching muscles body that you weight. don't even know you have you're oh just my like, god <laughs> girl you have no idea I was impressed with myself because I don't even think I can do um I don't think I could do a pull up today. <laughs> I'd probably look like I was having a seizure or something if I jumped on the bar. But um yeah, I mean I, I could bust out like, you know, ten pull ups, no problem. Oh where, my god. I know. When I was an alcoholic, I'd be like, I can bust out ten shots, you know, like yeah. That's but, awesome. But that must have felt so fulfilling to get on the stage. It was a it was a um, bucket list. Yeah. You know, I'd always thought and it was one of those things that I never thought I could achieve. When I'm like this sloppy drunk girl that's mm-hmm. getting arrested and getting in bar fights and wrecking her car, and here I am now stepping on stage in a bikini in a in a bodybuilding competition, and I mean it was just it was a bucket list thing that I wanted to do. You know what? I always I always wanted to be like one of these mm-hmm. girls, and I'm gonna do it because I can because that's I'm awesome. sober. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then you decided. Oh God, where are we going? To have a child <sighs> at forty. At forty. And, and you might be able to hear him in the background every once in a while. My husband is babysitting. I know. So all I hear is, it's, I'm actually really impressed. I, I can imagine Josh in there right now. He's probably like on all fours. The baby's probably riding him like a horse, you know, like, whoosh. Josh is so cute. You're so lucky, Lacey. He's the I mean, he's, he's all right. I might keep him. I'm still debating. Um, but he's probably literally doing this, like trying to. He could probably, the baby could probably hear me right now. He's probably trying to get in here. Josh is like, no, no, no. Have a snack. Well, he's trying to watch the Niner game. <laughs> He's probably got cartoons on in there right now. The baby's probably one. He's all fucking Niners, just whatever to keep him quiet. But, um, yeah, so, oh, my God, it was great. We uh, went to your baby shower. My youngest drove me to and from your baby shower while you're having your first child. Which is crazy because I was there when you had Desiree. I know. 23. 
four or three years ago. You were, if you remember, you came up with Desiree. What do you mean came up with her? The name. I did. Yeah. Oh. No, came up with her. <laughs> Wait a minute. You birthed her. I didn't drive her up there. Um, no, you did. It I was did. after the baby shower. Oh, Lisa, yeah. I'll never forget it. We yeah. were down in your room. And we were talking about it, and I remember you wanted, I will never forget it, you wanted to name her Brianna, uh-huh. and I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, oh, well, if you're so smart, come up with a name. I was like, mm, Desiree. And you were like, oh, I like uh-huh. it. Yeah, because it was definitely going to be Bri- Brianna, but I wasn't 100% sold. I was like, yeah, but yeah, I remember going upstairs and telling my parents, like, oh, Desiree. Yeah. I'll never, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, you're one of my best friends. You're one of my lifelong uh-huh. friends that, you know, sorry, you're stuck with me. Yeah. But oh, I remember No being, matter what. Yeah, I remember being 18, and when my belly finally started coming, like, so... Like, kind of, you feel like you're fat, like, when you're pregnant. Yeah. But if you lay on your back, and I was skinny back, mm-hmm. you know, then when I was um, just pregnant, obviously 18, and then the little bump, and it was a uterus, and I was like, what the heck? And I was like, Jen, feel this! <laughs> and think of the baby! <laughs> I mean, we're just young and just, yeah, you know. Yeah, didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, just going to your baby shower now, because I never, I, I didn't know if you were ever going to have a child, right? I mean, some people don't have to have children. That's totally fine. Who gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm. But 40, I was like, bitch, you really ready for this? I mean, like, I'm exhausted. Like, at 40, with a 16-year-old, I couldn't imagine a baby, a toddler running around. How is it? <laughs> It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, fortunately, I had a good foundation of uh, health and fitness take, you know, going into my pregnancy. So I had a, you know, a healthy pregnancy. It was good. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting because I, again, I've achieved all these things now in this time of my sobriety. And, um, and I'm thinking, oh man, because of course, you know, he wasn't planned. Um, and I just knew that all my, my life is going to change. All my freedom is gone. No more sleeping in and going and doing whatever I want, whenever mm-hmm. I want. And, um, yeah, I mean, how is it? It's, he, oh, he's man. so cute. Oh my God. I love him so much. <laughs> the, the love. Uh, I never under. Okay. First of all, I never gave enough credit. So I'm going to apologize to you right now, no. especially <laughs> being such a young mom. Uh-huh. We don't give enough credit to, to mothers no. like, and how hard it is emotionally, physically, mentally. I yeah. mean, the sleep, our bodies, especially uh, when you're single too. Yeah. I oh mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I don't even know what it would be like to have a, a second half help every day. Like, yeah. like that'd be crazy. I mean, obviously I met Josh when, um, Kaylee was three and yeah, Desiree was nine. God, you've been through it. I know. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> <A. laughs> Shit. But with you, like you're single. I'm single. Um, and so, I mean, you're doing it on your own m- majority of the time. Majority right? of the time because dad works out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's present in baby's life when he's, when he's local, when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he's not working away, but yeah, I mean, you know, Rip is, I was going to say, his name is so cute. <laughs> Rip. Rip. I wonder where um, you got it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's so dad work, you know, dad's especially, you know, it was shocking having a baby at 40 life altering, uh, the amount of love. And then, yeah, basically dad being out of town for the first half of his life, living away, was really difficult and so again there's my hats off to mothers single mothers out Mm -hmm. there it is a lot of work and then you know um I know and you're just getting started lady oh yeah oh 
Because oh he's 14, 14 months. months. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I mean, just even getting ready to come and visit and uh-huh. hang out, it's just, and you've got somebody tugging on your leg. I can't, I'm like, can I do my hair? Can I brush my teeth? No, I am but, shocked you look as good as you do right now. <laughs> I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, With having him, I mean, because they're busy, unless yes. they're taking a nap. No, or put yeah. him in a you know crate. No. <laughs> like, I'm used to dogs and now. Scream. <laughs> Pin. That's not the way it works yeah. anymore, Lizzie. It's frowned upon. Not with kids. Yeah, yeah. frowned upon. <laughs> I mean, it might have worked with Des and Kaylee, but oh, back then they had leashes. It looks. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't really a leash. It was like a backpack, monkey backpack, and it had a tail. They and still the, have those. Okay. Did you put those on the girls back then? Oh God, yeah. Did you? Uh, it was. I, I need to get one. Going to like the one. fair, just yeah. having leashes for a children. Get over her. I mean, yeah. I mean, I and, I'm, and I, I need to ask a mom, like, when is it appropriate to start beating your kids? Like, oh. is 14 months too soon? Uh, we'll have to talk about that off camera. Asking because, for a friend. Because <laughs> yeah. apparently you can't touch your children. It's frowned upon. No, I, I smack the shit out of my children's asses, you know? And I feel like too many parents let their children walk all over them anymore. That, what is it? Soft parent? Gentle parenting? Fucking pussy parents. More yeah. like it, you know? Not I mean, like. Me. Parent children should not run their their parents. No, parents should still be able to run their children. My son has me wrapped around his finger. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but at the same time, no, I I fully believe in spanking and yeah, yeah you're going to have respect. Mm-hmm. You're gonna listen. You're gonna be in line. Yeah, dude, my my parents would take a wooden fucking spoon oh. or a belt. <laughs> You know, don't even get me started. Uh, I was in foster care because mine took a, a lawn chair to me. Oh so. shit! Highly yeah. frowned upon. Yes, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's a foundation for me. I, you know, I look back at my childhood and and I learned a lot. I totally that, forgot about you being in foster care. Yeah, I totally fucking forgot about that. Yeah. How long were you in there? Uh, uh, uh a year. Did you? you like your foster parent? No, I went to three different foster homes. I hated it. And but what, it, what is it called? It's that Stockholm syndrome. I just wanted to be at home. Uh, I wanted to be at home in my dysfunctional environment that was normal and it's comfortable, familiar. For yeah, familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's the crazy part is that when they took me out and they take you out for your safety. What age? And oh god, how old was I? Nine. I think I was in there from nine to ten, maybe eight to nine. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they take you out and they put you in foster care. And both my brother, you know, David was already, I think, in jail at the point. Eric was in a boys' camp, you know. Um, oh my God. Yeah, but these are all experiences that I get to take into my parenting. Yeah, I know what not to do. Yeah, I know how I'm going to treat my son differently because of, you know, how I know it affected me mm-hmm. and all of the, all of the shit that that led, you know, all of that uh, abuse and. And, uh, dysfunction ultimately led me to drinking and led me to going to jail and all of that unnecessary bullshit that I went through that I will never put my child through, mm-hmm. you know, and now he's a daily reminder of why I would never, ever drink again. I mean, he's the reason, you know, now that keeps me sober because I would never put him into a position Oh yeah, yeah of danger or... Taking me, anything that could take me away from caring for him, Mm -hmm. you know, he needs me, so. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you, um, God knew to make you wait until you were 40 to have a baby so that you were ready and prepared and everything. Thanks, God. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, God. I mean, yeah, it's... (laughs) 
Could you imagine if you had one at my age? No. You know, I mean, because, I mean, I did because of your alcohol you no, know, situation. Yeah, yeah I, I that would have been bad. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows? knows? Yeah. That's what I was just gonna say. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, uh, what recommendations do you have for people to actually stop drinking? Because God, some people you just can't get through to some people. You know, it, like I can't. I know I can't. Maybe you. Being someone that has gone there, been there, done that, is there any little trigger, anything you could say that might help? I mean, it, 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 if there's a lot more negative stuff happening in your life than positive, then that's a sign, you know, or how you're feeling. If you're feeling like shit more than you're feeling good, and I mean like in a mental fog or physically, mm-hmm. um, emotionally, because, you know, alcohol affects all of those things, you know, yeah. your mental, your emotional, and your physical. And if you're feeling down more than you're feeling up, then it's time to make a change. And you just have to really understand that it's going to be hard work, but it'll be worth it. I mean, alcohol, if it's taking away your freedom if it's taking you away from loved ones, if it's hurting you financially. And I mean, when I say hurting you financially, if you're hungover and you can't go to work mm-hmm. and you're taking a loss in pay, that's hurting you financially. Yeah. If you're prioritizing, you know what, I'm going to go out and get drunk tonight rather than buy myself a healthy dinner, then it's hurting you physically. You're, you know, you're prioritizing mm-hmm. that poison over physically, over, you know, betterness and health for your body or like mentally, you know, like if you're having fights with your loved ones, your children, your spouse, your your mother, father, what you know, siblings, whatever, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're you're obviously prioritizing the wrong thing. And I mean, I wish that there was. I I just I was losing. Yeah, I had lost so much, and I and I was continuously losing because I was continuing to drink. And I I just I wanted. Uh, a better life. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I had to do was eliminate alcohol because that was the one thing, the one common denominator mm-hmm. behind everything that I was losing. Yeah. So in order to achieve greatness in my life, I had to get rid of this one bad habit. Well, and I do see a lot of people are like, okay, well, I'll just cut down. Mm. But, you know, uh, uh, but what we have learned is if you're an alcoholic, you can't even taste it. No. Like, you shouldn't even smell it. <laughs> like, no. really, you know? It took me years to be able to be around people drinking, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like I said, I'm nine and a half year, almost nine and a half years sober. And I still, um, I still get these feelings of, oh, if I was to, if I'm to go on vacation, wouldn't it be nice to have a Mai Tai on uh-huh. the beach? You know, because it's something that goes hand in hand. Yes. But it's like, I know that I cannot smell it, I cannot taste it, because it's all over with for me. Mm-hmm. If once I get it into my blood, I'm an addict. I want more. Your body craves more. Your mind wants more. It's a sickness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just have to, even the, even when I get those feelings of, a, oh, this would be nice, or, oh, it, that drink that you have looks amazing, I can get a virgin yeah. uh, option of that, you know. I like mojitos. It's been I a long time mojitos. since you had any virgin, anything. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I wish I was more of a slut than I actually am because then I'd be getting a little bit more action. But these days I just mom so hard. Oh, I know. And you gotta, you know, you only have like 16 and a half more years. 
<laughs> Before I'm going to get laid? Or? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, you scared. I know. Oh, I'm going to mom. Oh, I joke her. I still breastfeed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Desiree was 15 months old. When you quit, when mm-hmm. you stopped. Did she stop or did you kind of wean her? Oh, I, I was trying to get that bitch off yeah. my tip for a Because I was thinking, yeah. I would have thought that yeah. by now he would kind of. It's such a comfort thing. It is. And you know what? It brings me comfort. I, uh, joke, I, I joke around. I'm going to be breastfeeding him until he's 34. He's my boy. Oh, and you know, he's that, my baby. His <laughs> wife will think it's super weird. weird. Well, screw her. <laughs> wife Schmeif. I'm going to make sure he's fat and ugly. Nobody likes him. <laughs> so he'll live with mom forever. He's my baby. <laughs> you'll grow out of that you'll be I know, you'll I'm be sure i know yeah. but that's so cute i mean yes. i don't know i don't know that feeling of having a boy a son but I know. i'm sure it's cool well i don't know the feeling of having a girl yeah it's fun you had fun your girls were fun and yeah. i got to you know that was cool to be a part of their lives and mm-hmm. it's it's such a trip i mean kaylee when the girls birthdays pass it's i always go back and and look at those uh-huh. memories of them when they're born or when they're little and photos that i have of me and them and it's so cute yeah, yeah and you've got grown ones and you're you know des is probably gonna make you a grandma any minute now no no they both are very they have 10 years like they have the IUD, like, no babies. Oh, okay, smart, yeah. smart girls. Yes. They learned from mom. Exactly. Like, I remember going to my doctor and being like, hey, can I um, just, like, when I bring my daughter in at, like, the 13-year checkup, pap smear thing, can you just put an IUD in? Don't tell her. Yeah, just don't tell her because I want her to keep still using condoms, but I don't want her to still get pregnant. She's like, no, I cannot do that. I was like, why not? <laughs> I'm the mom. I'm consenting. I will sign the consent. <laughs> but luckily, um, they both decided on their own. <laughs> I had them in an arm bar, but it's fine. But no, um, no, no babies for quite some time. Good. Yeah. But the thing about having a daughter, which is pretty cool, is like, I raised them to be the perfect woman. you right. And so when they bring, they're, they're going to bring men to me, mm-hmm. you know, their son-in-laws and boyfriends and, you know, all that. And that's going to be great. Oh, now I have a guy. I love guys. Like, let's bring guys in the picture. But to have a son, God, oh. they're going to bring a chick into your world. Woo. And hopefully they're <laughs> not a fucking manipulative, awful female because that is like the, there's a lot of them out there. There is, and I'm hoping that through, you know, raising Mm -hmm. him right and being, because they say typically that men marry their mothers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to love him and be there for him in a way, in a healthy manner to show him this is what a healthy love is and this is what you should seek in a relationship. And I, you know, ultimately I would love to have, displayed that between his father and I but our relationship didn't work out but I hope to meet somebody and get into a relationship a loving and respectful relationship um to also show him that this is what a healthy and loving relationship Mm -hmm. looks like yeah and always teach your sons power of pussy What's the power of put that what? That is not the power. Don't give them the power cuz they they always give power pussy to fucking chicks. Guys do. Wait. I don't get it. Explain. So, so men mm-hmm. fall victim to the power of oh, pussy. Oh, okay. Yes. So you we have to teach our sons like not to be so stupid. Yeah. You know, I mean they just get sucked in and yeah, like a woman opens her legs yeah. and they're like anything you say. Exactly. No. That is the one thing that if I had a son, I would definitely try to beat that into them. Do not let Just because a girl well, I'm hoping that he's respectful enough to not only be going for that mm-hmm. in a in a woman. 
Um, but yeah, I'll teach him power of pussy. <laughs> <laughs> At what age do I have to have that awkward conversation? You give it a couple years. Okay. <laughs> like four or five. <laughs> Start him young. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that you want to tell our viewers before we head off? No. No, we had a great conversation. We had a great conversation. I'm glad you came up. Oh, well, thanks for inviting me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to be, like, so nervous. I was like, where is she going to go with these questions? Like, but this was so comfortable yeah. and so much fun, and it's so nice to catch up with you. And Absolutely. relive some of these embarrassing stories. And I, I kept some of the worst ones out for I, another I episode. appreciate that <laughs> for a follow-up. Yes, exactly. All right, thanks, Jen. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it, really. All right. All right, we'll see you next week with a new guest. Thanks. Don't miss out on a single moment of The Real Life with Lacey. Hit that subscribe button so you'll always be the first to know when a new episode drops. Together, we'll keep uncovering the authenticity of life. Subscribe now and join our vibrant community of real stories and real connections.